Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And you're about, about to, to get, get jumped. Welcome to a special episode of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, the weekly anime podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we've got a pair of special guests to discuss an anime-styled board game. Yeah, so this game is called uh, Mangaka or uh, Mangaka. Mangaka, <laughs> um, God. If, if you are pronouncing it incorrectly, um, don't feel bad. I also mispronounce it every single time that I say it. Um, so don't give yourself we a hard time. Talk about that at the beginning <laughs> of the episode. So We'll talk about relevant. it more. Um, but uh, this, this episode, we get to sit down with the two creators of this fantastic board game um, and uh, what you can do to, to pick it up if you are interested in it. Um, we also do like a, a little bit of like a back and forth just about like the, the manga creator culture and artists in general. So if you're interested in that, stick with us. Uh, we will be back in a sec. All right. Uh, this week we are sitting down with two game creators. Um, if you can go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hey, uh, I'm Jason Thompson. Um, I am uh, the co-creator of Mangaka, a fast and furious game of drawing comics, and uh, and the cartooner, which is the follow-up to Mangaka. Um, I also do illustrations for um, Wizards of the Coast and other role-playing games, and. Uh, I'm a storyboarder, and I uh, worked for 10 years as a manga editor for Viz. So, hello. Well, you've done a lot more than we were familiar with, but uh, <laughs> let's, let's let your co-creator uh, co-creator, introduce herself. Yeah, perfect. So, my name is Juman Al-Hashel, and uh, I'm Jason's uh, partner in crime, uh, both uh, life-wise and uh, creative-wise. Uh, yeah, we've been working on uh, creative projects together mainly as his producer for now close to 10 years yeah awesome uh we had no idea that he had also done stuff for wizards of the coast uh specifically yeah. what game <laughs> oh uh i've done some art for dungeons and dragons um i've got some art uh well yeah i do a lot of stuff for their website for dragon plus um i've done some adventures in dm's guild uh and some stuff on um and i'm nominated for an any award right now for um uh, well, that's actually for Swordfish Island, for the Hot Springs Island map. It's for best cartography. Oh. I do a lot of maps. Cool. And, uh, I, I did, I've done cartoons for them, and I also do a lot of map-style illustrations. That's really oh. cool. We we heard Wizards of the Coast, and I, my ears went up because I've been playing Magic my entire life. Oh, um, cool. So I was like, oh, oh, you don't say um, oh yeah, no, it's more more on the D and D side than the magic side. Yeah, we know oh, they're fairly similar, <laughs> yeah. you know, theme wise. Yeah, we for sure. In Seattle, so I met I met up with some then, and uh, yeah, it's a pretty gamey city. Yeah, I should go to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so we uh, we had the chance to chat with y'all a little bit before this. Um, we had uh, we're we're doing our um, video review of um, the game that we're going to be talking about specifically today, um, which is um, I, I feel like I always say it wrong. Uh, mangaka is it how mangaka. Like, mangaka? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like I don't know why I always say it incorrectly. <laughs> I think you my know. is just like too Americanized. One of my it, friends has also read you pretty hard for how you pronounce Naruto. <laughs> so, well, he can go screw himself. 
<laughs> yeah, the question is how much you love Naruto. It doesn't matter. You know, that's the important thing. It's what's in your heart that counts. Shonen manga, after all. Someone's been watching Naruto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I we we're just covering the couple of episodes, which is like the first filler arc. And I will say that I I went through it, and Blake skipped over those episodes. So I am I am more willing to you know flay myself open for Naruto than other people are. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we're here to discuss something else. <laughs> so you've tried mangaka or cartooner or both? Um, we've we've uh, I, I've tried mangaka and uh, uh, Blake. It, it, it the one copy came to me, uh, so I've I've been playing it. Uh, Blake has been doing an in depth dive of the rule book because um, he is obsessed with game rules. Yeah, um, my so, part of the game. Yeah, it, it's one of the most obnoxious things when playing a new game is that Fuck everybody you. sits down <laughs> and we everybody's ready to play, and he's like, "Hold on, let me read the rule book one more time." Yeah, that's, oh, I know. that's like if I can, if we're like going to play a game later, I will like steal away to a corner and read through the rule book cover to cover. Um, so luckily, the Magica rule book is pretty short. I think the document that I've got it's sixteen pages, and some of those are illustrations or credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the rules section is actually fairly concise. Yeah. Um, so my my first playthrough of it was really fun. I was with uh, I was with my wife and a couple of other friends, uh, all of which, uh, except for my wife, is very artistically challenged. Uh, so it led to very beautiful artwork from one person and very bad artwork from the other three. Um, so. I'm hoping the person with the worst art won. Um, <laughs> it, it, it happened to be um, one of our one of our friends that we played with who is better at gaming the system. Um, yes. uh, Caitlin, Caitlin, uh, she she went away that's from my, her that's very, uh, very strong artist. Yeah, she went away from her themes, and we we uh, agreed that she had broken the rules a little bit. So um, she didn't get as much fame. <laughs> Well, did she I, just like get too committed to the story she was telling or something? Yeah, she didn't want to. <laughs> she didn't want to like change it up. Mid- change change mid- that story. <laughs> so uh, I guess let's talk about how you play mangaka before we get too in depth into discussing it. Yeah. So anybody out there that does not know the game will kind of know what we're talking about. Yeah. So uh, I can do it, but also since you guys made it, you might be better at it than me. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So um, the game consists mainly of two different decks of cards, the trends and the themes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, um, so the game is kind of like a simulator of uh, the life of a manga artist, right? It's kind of like a, um, I, actually my original concept was I was like going to do a game that was like a, a gamified version of like Bakuman or Blue Blazes <laughs> or, you know, one of those manga that's about a manga artist, but it's also very like passionate and it's about like doing your best. But um uh, but the other thing, a facet of being a manga artist, of course, is that uh, you have a lot of pressure on you to do what's popular, right? And to like follow follow trends and like keep that character alive or bring that character back or whatever. So the way we organize the game is it's sort of a conflict between two decks of cards. There's your themes deck, which is like the stuff that your manga artist wants to draw about. That's what they're obsessed about, yeah. what they're truly passionate about. Yeah. And like, that's in mm-hmm. conflict with the trends uh, <laughs> card, which every round, as you get more and more famous, the demands from the market on your artistic style grows. And so the question is, do you sell out to get more fame, to incorporate the new market trends? Exactly. 
like if you're doing that, if you're doing that delightful shoujo manga, which is full of sparkles and love, and then suddenly horror and violence are the trends. And do you, are you going to like start drawing all your characters dying and, you know, blood everywhere? And so, so and they, what's they, important is that fame is the goal. So yeah. you are actually supposed to sell out. Yeah. This well, is, you this know, is it is a simulation lost. of real life. Yeah. <laughs> she, lost, yeah. she lost because we, we treated the trends deck about halfway through the game as a really obnoxious producer that keeps on walking in and telling you what to do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you, yeah, you did it right. Yeah. <laughs> Which we actually, I know that that played into... Um, some of the plotting in Naruto was that originally he was not going to make the story all about Sasuke, really. But then mm-hmm. Sasuke was really popular, and they wanted more Sasuke. It's also huge. Dragon Ball Z was the androids arc was not going to turn into a pre-cell arc. Yeah, but they didn't like the original androids, so he made seventeen and eighteen, and then they wanted more, so he made Cell, and then they kept pushing him. And I mean, the cell arc's cool, but it's not what he wanted. And that was like, not necessarily trends exactly, but it was the production company being like, we want you to do something different with the story you're telling. Yeah. yeah. I mean, essentially the game is about the conflict between selling out and, and uh, drawing what you want to draw. But I mean, what we wanted to but do- But in a funny way, yeah. funny in yeah, a lighthearted way. Yes. You know, you have here a 10 plus years of Jason's life being poured into Aww. producing a lot of manga for the English market. But anyone who's, anyone who's a fan <laughs> of anime and manga knows what, knows what I'm talking about, you know? And, yeah. Right. yeah. And also his experience as an, as an artist, uh, and you know me as his producer. <laughs> you're also, you're also an artist, so. changing stuff on him all the time, or <laughs> this or that change here or there. Um, you know that, that we just wanted to capture a more kind of lighthearted version of that. Yeah. So basically. that and and part of like what we loved about a lot of. I kind of wanted to bring from manga and anime is this sense of intensity, and that's why like the number of trends gets intentionally out of control as the rounds uh yeah advance the thing is you know okay we knew it was going to be a drawing game but we knew that it couldn't be just like a a judge game then where it's just like oh a bunch of people get together one person is really good at drawing and the other people suck and then only the one person who want who likes to draw wants to play the game everybody else is like oh god okay you win again so Mm -hmm. that's why you know that's why essentially according to the rules um the draw the ability your drawing ability doesn't matter and there's also no now you can add some people add this but there's no rule of like oh your story is better it, it, it's entirely you can play it entirely yeah. by gaming the system and the idea is this may come up with a crazy story while you are doing it right which is actually a fun meta idea too because i know one example of an anime that a lot of anime fans dislike is sword art online and uh-huh. is well known for doing things that people really like in stories, but maybe not doing them as well as some of its competitors. And a lot of like long time manga fans have trouble with it. Uh, and it's like, I think that the game sort of is pushing to embody that experience as far as like you're making a, a manga that might end up being more popular, even if, you know, the average otaku would claim that it's worse. yeah yeah i mean and of course you're only spending like a and and the nice thing about being a game is you only have to you're only spending like you know like a half an hour to an hour on on your super awesome manga and you're not spending like 
months and years of your life sweating away in your little studio apartment for like right. 80 hours a week. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's best to treat it more or less as a, as an improv exercise. You get your obsessions, you just have to roll with it, you know, more trends start piling up and then you have to make kind of both a strategic gaming decisions about how are you going to min max your points and like, what are you going to do? Um, and, and at the same time, try to have fun. I mean, it's the best games of manga are ones that are, look where you know like we're in a convention or a con and there's a lot of yeah. laughter erupting from yeah. the, how ridiculous the stories are getting and how much people are having with it and the best stories end up being stick figures yeah. rather than any well uh, yeah if you're spending if you're if you're spending a lot of time cross-hatching you're not going to win yeah you're doing it wrong don't tell me what to do <laughs> I'm sure it's beautiful cross-hatching. It's <laughs> wonderful. Just the best. <laughs> you got to add some screen time. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a party game, but if you're playing to win, it's also, it's also sort of a, kind of like a time management game in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. That, that kind of reminds me of that. Um, was it you that was telling me about the, the manga creators, like the, the plight of the manga creator for uh, Bleach? Like, yeah, um, uh, he basically the story. Uh, this actually was one of the was the first uh, Super Eye Patch Wolf video that I watched. So there's a, a video called "The Rise and Fall of Bleach" that uh, everybody that's interested should go check out. But uh, basically, it is about how uh, meddling by the manga company and the just insane de- time demands of putting out, you know what is it like an 18 page chapter every week mm-hmm. caused his art to degrade over time, even though, especially at the beginning, he was known for like fantastic layouts and really high quality art. It just, you know, over time he got worn down by it. And then the story, I actually have not finished bleach, so I don't know how it ends, but my understanding is that it's somewhat anticlimactic and unsatisfying. And that, is kind of largely attributed by the fan base to that burnout caused by the manga company. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's like wild that that is that, is that like a common occurrence as someone who's like worked in that field? I mean, I would say so. I mean, some manga artists are able to like, I mean, it's just a really high pressure job, right? Um, I mean, I've, I didn't work directly with manga artists in Japan and Viz, you know, what, what I did was I was responsible for um, working on the English localization of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I would work with the translators and, uh, and also, you know, to a certain extent pick out what, what we would publish in English. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, but you hear a lot of stories and you would, we get to meet the artists occasionally. And yeah, I mean, there's a huge amount of stress and pressure and some people just handle it better than others. Um, like, like you were talking about Dragon Ball earlier, like Akira Toriyama wanted to end the series many times before he, before he ended it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, he, I met him in person and I was like, Oh, I love Dragon Ball. And he was like, he was like, have you read Dr. Slump? I, my favorite, my favorites <laughs> of my own works. Is Dr. <laughs> Slump. Um, Cause I mean, like, you, you know why Dragon Ball Z is called Dragon Ball Z? is um because he was they were like what do you want us to call the next series and he's like call it dragon ball z because it's the end it's gonna end right away um <laughs> and then it just went on for like another 10 years right so um right yeah and then they were like in the alphabet after z there's g but followed by a t oh my god um, I know. <laughs> and then yeah. after that is an s followed by an ooper 
Well, <laughs> well, first he like, I mean, he did like take a break from it for like 15 years, right? But finally, he, uh, I guess finally he, his nerves, nerves, nervous problems settled down, his hands stopped shaking or whatever. And now, but I mean, he's not really involved in it anymore, right? I mean, he, it's mostly his um, former assistants and other people working on it. I mean, I guess he has. Right. He did not do super as far as I know, aside no. from maybe character design. Yeah, I mean, now it's kind of like a Marvel comic, right? Where it's like maybe yeah. maybe Stan Lee created it, but it's not like Stan Lee is personally drawing, <laughs> you know, I will, you know, rest in peace, is personally drawing the latest issue of Iron Man or whatever, you know? Yeah, he's drawing it from beyond. He's he's the true ghostwriter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ghostwriter, ghost Stan Lee's body with a flaming skull for a head. <laughs> if I say so myself. Perfect. <laughs> oh man, that was amazing. <laughs> Anyways, um, cool. Uh, so uh, after playing this game uh, a couple of times, I got um, I got very interested in taking a look at like some some of the other games uh, that were being put out. Um, I don't uh, I don't know how it uh, translates to Cartooner, your other game that you had you had talked about. Um, can you give us a little bit of like what's the difference between the two? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, more of a localization, I guess. So mangaka was uh, all the themes uh, within mangaka. Uh, and some of the trends, I would say, were distilled from Japanese and Korean comics versus mm-hmm. cartooner focuses on uh, more Western comics. Okay. Uh, so, so themes and uh, trends... Uh, from yeah, from the history, more uh, more specific. Yeah. So if you're like a big manga fan, manga cause the way to go. And if you're a big like Marvel or DC fan, then cartooner is maybe a better choice. Or it, or you know indie comics, I would say as well. Yeah, <laughs> cartooner mean, would be would be it. What is that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what is that? yeah it's, it's interesting because of course when you think about it, like I mean the thing is manga. I think manga and anime fans are um are very more focused and intense, you know because. Um, because manga sort of developed as sort of like this in, in two two Americans, it sort of developed as this like subculture. It's like this, this sort of weird alternative thing, even though in Japan it's huge. But when you think of like cartoons or comics, just in general, those words, I mean, that could mean superheroes. That could mean like um, Garfield. That could mean the Looney Tunes. That could mean like yeah, like Art Spiegelman. You know, there's there's um, so you know yeah, a lot of stuff got sort of pushed into cartooner so because it, it, it sort of brings together a lot of a lot of different stuff from american comics both like the crazy and wacky stuff and also like the intense and superheroic and um yeah so, so in you terms could of- start playing cartooner as like a an awesome superhero comic and then get like somebody gets hit on the head with a mallet kind of thing <laughs> exactly i mean well manga is huge there's huge differences in manga too of course obviously like between right. shoujo and shonen manga and there's so many different art like art manga and then the styles between different time periods and artists like we met because we were both fans of this uh, 70s shoujo manga um and i uh I asked you, I asked him on a question about it on a dating site. And, uh, so. <laughs> it's called Rosa Versailles. But uh, regardless, the cartooner and mangaka are uh, compatible. So you could, if you want to play a mashup, you could and do like a shonen superhero comic, you could. Yeah, oh, that's uh, dope, actually. <laughs> yeah, it, it could totally yeah, work great. out. Yeah, it's, so it, it depends on like how crazy you want to get like, you know, and how much you want to challenge your creativity you can actually uh, blend the two systems but basically what i'm saying like it 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 really pays attention to the history of um of comics like 
in terms of like the themes and the trends, like you have trends, for example, that um, hearken to the, to the, um, well, yeah, you call the, it? there's the, a trend called reboot yeah. where, uh, you can like discard some of your themes and add new ones because your, your comic has been, uh, you know, your, your comic is being revitalized for a new generation of readers. Yeah. So um, I think Superman, uh, comics and kind of like the rebirth of those there's movie deal which is of course the big very <laughs> having to do a few superhero comics oh. um funny app i mean like yeah i mean manga manga of course you know it's cards like kawaii otaku and giant monsters and ninja and you know a lot and also a lot, i mean it's not just comics cards that are like it's not just like the most obvious types of manga and anime tropes but a lot but them and a lot of other stuff and then in cartooner it's got stuff like cliffhanger, funny animals, like adventure comics, like Indiana Jones. And, and uh, it's, it, it's just, you know, there's a lot of, when we really started to think about it, there's just so many different genres and tropes that we could put into both games. So. I like, there's a noir card in oh, cartoon, yeah, there's a cartooner noir, that right. I like where, you know, you get rewarded for adding uh, the, the, the kind of grungy detective yeah. themes or I there, think hats and trench coats. Yeah, and hats and trench coats. 50% black, I think, of the... Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> no, yes, noir rewards you for having your panels covered in all black, and emo rewards you for having your characters wearing black. So it's very, very different, of course. Yeah. If you get them both at the same time, then it's going to be a really, really blurry, hard-to-read comic, which is <laughs> With a lot of ink on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically, it just we, we try to distill... Uh, kind of important parts of comics history. I was like, okay, for a while it was it was news, in, in newspaper strips yeah. or detective stories mm -hmm. or uh, there's a military card because oh, yeah, for a while right. there was a you know there was a trend of military comics. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, cool. <laughs> so, I mean, you you learn a little bit more about either manga history or comics history if you pay attention to the like why they may have chosen some of these uh, uh, trends or themes uh, in particular. We've written some blog posts about that uh, yeah. during the Kickstarter of like, where did a certain uh, trend card or a theme card came from? Hmm. Okay. Cool. Uh, where is that blog? If people want to check that out. I know. I think it's, it's, uh, it's uh, yeah. Mockman press. Mock press. Yeah. Uh, so I think it was on, uh, yeah, on our Facebook page. Uh, we posted a lot about like the kind of like the making of and um, how did we select some of these, these yeah. trends? Yes, you'll 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 uh, you'll love you'll laugh you'll cry you'll learn about <laughs> your comics you know. But mostly you'll yeah yeah you'll make some silly comics in about half an hour. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. have a great time. But I mean the nice thing. Yeah, I mean, but of course, of course, when you, it, then you'll keep you get to keep the comic because you've drawn a comic. So instead of just telling people about what a rad game you played, you can actually have a physical evidence. Yes, physical evidence. <laughs> oh man! Now I just I want there to be somebody who's like kept it as like one long ongoing comic that makes no sense because it's comprised of many different games. Uh, you know, Jason did something like that, you know, for Inktober last year, because oh, yeah. it's a, you know, it's, it's another great thing to have around for Inktober instead of like trying to think of things. And if you don't want to just like draw this, the whatever public themes for, for Inktober and you want to draw more of stories, uh, we were doing that with you where you would just yeah, like would every day you would, you would, yeah. you would add a different card on it. Oh, right. Cause that was the solo game. I don't know if you've, so you read the whole rule book of Magica. So, you know, there's solo rules as well. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is I'm glad you brought that up because I know some people uh, don't always have like a regular play group. So having solo play options is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, or some people just like board games so much that they like to play them on their own. And uh, yeah, so there is a solo version and it's basically, so in the main game, you are pushing toward, in the in the basic version, you're pushing toward uh, a number of rounds. I believe it's four rounds. And then mm-hmm. you see who has the highest fame at the end of that round. You can make a longer, more challenging variant where you uh, instead choose a sort of upper maximum that everyone is striving toward. And yes. uh, then the solo game is kind of similar to that variant where you um, the point is that you go until you are unable to complete the challenges within the time limit and it becomes harder every round. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, it becoming harder every round is true of the game in general. Yeah, yeah, it's like a time. The solo version is like a time trial, um, where you, <laughs> you, you try to keep going on your story, and uh, it gets crazier and crazier. And and uh, yeah, like, there's some examples of it posted up on the uh, cartoonergame.com or mangaka. Uh, yeah, on the game cartooner Instagram as yeah. well. I think that's still going. Um, but yeah, the the, the solo uh, rules were for uh, a couple of reasons. One, if, if you don't have a regular gaming group. Two, if you actually want to use it to practice actually making comics, either improving your storytelling or improving your drawings, or if you want to use it for something like Inktober or like the 24-hour comic day or any of these kind of like uh, events for like inspiration, practice, uh, or just to play on your own. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a cool way to like spin it in uh especially to people that it's just like, hey, it's not it's not just for when you can sit down with like a bunch of people to play. Sometimes it's it's good to just have those trim trial options. As someone who's played a lot of Super Smash Brothers and doesn't always have people to play with, time trials are great. Mm-hmm. It's also nice that they're so it's like it's a good party game and party games rarely have a single player option. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they're about deciding something as a group. It's a party for one. I know. <laughs> you are the party. You are the party. Oh, man. I just had like a flashback to the Muppets movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a me party, you guys. Um, uh, I also, uh, I really want to know now, since you mentioned a couple of times that it being a party game, um, have you all played this game while also drinking? <laughs> Oh, uh, yes. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, in fact, uh, many of the, I mean, I mean, yeah, we, we play tested the game initially. We, as we, as it went on, we play tested it at, like a lot of library events and a lot of like uh, school events. And well, there's a lot of drinking usually. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm always playing when I'm at the library. <laughs> as, it went, as it went on, we started playing, it was like more groups of kids and stuff. Um, but originally, we played it. It was a bunch of our drunk friends. So naturally, <laughs> there was a lot of drinking involved, and the, the tra- also a lot of the theme cards were a lot more uh, a lot more dirty <laughs> and inappropriate. So um, so yeah, we we've seen many drunken manga comics produced. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very easy. So uh, to uh, do shots every time somebody repeats something. Uh, <laughs> if there's a there's a card for a shared world, so you can. 
I also play off of that if somebody's stealing somebody else's character or a theme or something like that. So uh, there are many ways to introduce a drink if uh, situations. Yeah. Uh, or if this card appears or if this theme appears again or if they draw this one thing one more time. There's always an excuse. So, there's yeah. always an excuse. But <laughs> there's actually um, a, a, like a part of the game that didn't make it out uh, in, in oh, the right. box yeah. sets, uh, which is the, the impairments. Yes. It's so all, yeah, there was a version of the game, which may still uh, get released, uh, which was a lot more adult, which are the impairments where just like uh, as, as the more you sell out, the more you draw and the more the game advances, especially if you play longer than four, four rounds, you can start developing uh, impairments. And impairment cards includes common ailments for artists, such as... Carpal tunnel syndrome. Alcoholism. Uh, you carp- yeah, you can become an alcoholic. There was, there was more of like a, almost a role-playing aspect where your artists can be- develop like problems. Like you can become an alcoholic, you can get depression. You can oh get an ulcer. And they actually yeah, had so. a physical component where like if you if you developed an ulcer, you have to draw with one hand on your tummy all the time. Oh God, that was right. Okay. If you <laughs> became an alcoholic, like you had to start taking shots every round. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, variations yeah. on the theme that uh, we're not very marketable. You know, it's more, <laughs> yeah. it's more of a something we might just release on the website for adult uh, this participants. Was, this was yeah. the original. This was like the ori- original party game version that we had just for our friend. Yeah, that it had impairment cards, and you could become like a compulsive, compulsive masturbator or something. <laughs> no, that, that, that part we did not play this. Are you, hmm, well, you know, yeah. in the spirit of being a monster artist right you know um yeah there was a lot of there's a lot of weird there's a lot of weird stuff like that but uh um yeah but you know we kind of uh, we play tested this game for like four years so we we did like a it really went there was a, like lot a, of a lot of versions. iterations yeah. it used to be like a full-on rpg in the beginning where you had to create a character there was a backstory you had yeah. to roll for can you guys just like kind of go into detail on like the process of creating it and sort of where it like the different iterations themselves. Okay. Uh, I'll, um, all right. So yeah, basically um, the game actually started out as a, I, it started out as an idea for a role-playing game. Um, and uh, my idea, it was actually sort of like a, I was going to do it as a role-playing game for, for this thing called 24 hour role-playing game day, where your goal is to create a role, complete role-playing game in 24 hours. Uh this is a this is a real deal, um, and so I had the uh, brilliant idea that I would do like a Bakuman role playing game where you can play a manga artist, and you're go and you're trying. It's about the struggles of being a manga artist, and this kind of it came out especially out of this sort of joke idea. Um, and I and basically in the game you had to roll your your uh, you had to roll your instead of strength and dexterity you had like your story ability and your art ability right and stuff like that. Um, your stamina. Yeah, there was a you stamina. Had stamina. Yeah. Then was there was there actual role? drawing involved in this. Yeah, yeah. there was, but That's, only as a yeah. tiny component. Yeah. Like we spent hours making those characters, and how everybody at the table knew someone else. Oh God, yeah. That's yeah, true. you yeah. had to have everybody the relationships was, yeah. with the other artists on the table, and like. Whether it was like previous relationship yeah, or like, like one criminal artist, background, yeah, one artist criminal been stranded background. on a desert island with the other artist, and yeah, so it started out of this goofy game, and but um, uh, yeah, but there was a mini game within the game where you get to you had to actually draw, and the idea was that everyone would draw had to draw a little comic, which was fe- 
which um, had their obsessions in it. Obsessions were the one thing that remained from this version of the game into the actual mangaka. Because the idea, I was like, it really started out, I was thinking like, well, what, what if I could break down all of the things that are in manga that are like tropes that artists use over and over? Like, and this became, I made this list of obsessions. So like, okay, this artist is into military hardware. This artist is into like, uh, is into like sports. This artist is into like, yeah, like girls in swimsuits or whatever, you know? So, um, so we made this big list and that, that became the obsessions deck basically, or the themes deck. Anyway, so, we, so uh, yeah, so we did this role-playing game, and it also had this mini-game where you're like, okay, now you have five minutes to draw your comic. And then within, the, and then after it was done, we'd be like, it's in the world of the story. This is like, all right, this is my comic. It's about, <laughs> and then, yeah, then you deliver it to your editor, and your editor is like, wow, this is the work of genius. And, uh, <laughs> and Yeah, and, and of course it was all, like, stick figures or whatever. Yeah. And for some, you know, like, uh, and people actually enjoyed that part. The problem with doing a role-playing game about being a manga artist is that unlike a game where everyone's in a team and they're going to a dungeon or something, in a, in a, if you're playing manga artists, everybody stays alone in their own room and doesn't interact with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a little too close to home. Um, so yeah, we kind of uh, went away. We kind of went away from that, and we did. A, um, we did. I did one version where there's like a board component where you had a studio and you had to decide what went in your studio. And you're like, okay, um, here is the pile of manga. Here, here is my desk. Um, I did. We did one version where um, we did one version where you could play like uh, fortune cards on other players, and like cause their editors to get mad at them and stuff. Um, and, yeah, uh, and, the, and yeah. of course there was like the whole impairment yeah, where people like a, developed yeah. carpal tunnel and had to put on the prosthetic yeah, you, the... you could go blind and have to draw blindfolded oh no <laughs> yeah, that was like one of the worst ones <laughs> yeah yeah or you had, you had to draw with your hand on your stomach all the time because you had yeah. an ulcer or like you, had you could become a ca- caffeine and you could become addicted caffeine to caffeine addicted, alcoholic yeah. you could become an alcoholic <laughs> drug dependency you could bec- yeah you could become you can become like a bitter internet troll you know oh, yeah. yeah you know there there's, is there's a, a, the troll all kinds of exciting fun things yeah. uh yeah but of all of these iterations it it remained that for for those who uh truly uh manga and comic fans and you know just story fans in general and uh they really enjoyed the part where they got to make up a story and then regardless of what the art was uh having that story be praised as a work of genius yeah, that, that, and, yeah. <laughs> and awarded like the best award regardless of the actual quality of, yeah, the, what's, of the drawing yeah i mean just, yeah playtesting is a, i mean for at least the way we do it it's a process of simplification where i start out by making something that's way too complicated and then like gradually <laughs> we, we narrow whittle it down right we carve it down to the core experience and so, the core experience in mangaka is um doing some ridiculously dorky looking comic in five minutes then you become the most famous artist in the world uh, but i think part of it also is it's being able to roll with the random obsessions like uh you know yeah. dr- drawing something like astrophysics cats and bling and yes. having having to create a story about that or like uh whatever military hardware and nail care and, and, and now and plants and now you have to draw a comic about that and i'm always surprised by people's ability to just come up i guess but if you if you're the kind of person that spends reading years reading other people's stories and comics and manga it's easy for you to 
after a while start like putting these tropes together into little stories and yeah and little yeah. fun ideas you know yeah i mean yeah it's you know the the game is about taking random prompts and somehow making something and funny, rolling with uh, it. funny and cool out of them you know yeah that's a that's a cool way to spin it like i i'm I, I really think that this is one of those games that that people can come into with a, a maybe a little bit more like party trepidation, and by the end of it, you're just like, oh no, I I get it now, because um, definitely it has that like that aspect to it when you like uh, take it out of the box in front of people, and they're just like, oh, I have to draw, and you're like, no, 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 it's it's more in depth than that, you guys. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm always so surprised by people's like fear of drawing right like we make so much fun of ourselves like you know fools of ourselves and all sorts of and all sorts of things and like but somehow we're like we're unwilling to draw in front of each other i think that's really kind of funny because it's with kids like uh when we do it in libraries or like cons or something like that they have zero hesitation you know zero hesitation like Mm -hmm. at some point as we grow up we lose our sense of fun (laughs) or our ability to just be silly i have a theory on this based off of an experience i had yesterday actually so i just finished doing a youth summer camp uh for theater for like rising sixth to rising 12th graders cool Mm -hmm. and so that's that is like preteen into older teen age and while they were all interested and they did a great job, some of them were much more um, nervous than others. And there was a lot of times where it was like, I really, they, they could go there, but I really had to drag it out of them as, as the director. And then I went to swing by the second session, which is like the second graders to the fifth graders or whatever, or the sixth graders. And they were just like doing it and they were just having a great time and it was messy, but the energy and the enthusiasm was there. And I think that like self-consciousness that comes from becoming a teenager and starting to like pay more attention to yourself and how you think you might be perceived and wanting to get attention from other people, like starts to really stifle that otherwise kind of unbridled energy. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because another group of people that I didn't expect to really enjoy the game that enjoyed it were, were a theater geeks, you know? So um, regardless yeah, of... like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, it's just uh, theater and improv, you know, because it's, it's, you know, it, 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 it does use kind of the same rules of improv of like, okay, you just... The, the the situation has been placed upon you here are three obsessions yes and <laughs> go <laughs> what can you do with it uh and now there's uh, this trend and now there's two trends and now there's four trends and now there's five trends and what are you gonna do with all of uh this madness we i think there's one card where we pushed it uh to what was it called are you talking about the card the old with the seven ends could, uh... like the, the you have to include seven in. oh a seven you mean the movie deal no, 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 no. Like the, the, the ending, it's, there has to be like a... Oh, cliffhanger. 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 cliffhanger where you had, like, in one card, uh, you get extra points for a marriage proposal, falling out from great height and explosion. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, somebody saying something say, out of character. Some, yes. And somebody saying something out of character. There were, like, six or seven things that you had to, like, add into one last panel. Oh, no. 
And I, I th I think that was the little like extreme like improv card in there. I was like, here you go, seven things you have to have in the last uh, in the last thing in there. So intense um, drawing at the very last moment. Intense drawing at the last moment. <laughs> I think that's what I really like about this game. It just gives people a chance to kind of reconnect with that silly part of themselves, where it's just like just go with the flow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a cool way to sort of end this. Where we're right at time, um, so if if y'all can just uh, tell people where they can find out more about the game if they want to get it, um, as well as like uh, maybe if they want to follow y'all in your your next game that you're going to be putting out. Absolutely, you can um, uh, mangakagame dot com or Mockman Press on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and um, right now we're working on a role-playing game called Dreamland, which is kind of a portal fantasy, uh, surreal fairy tale f game where you uh, play normal people who can enter a uh, into a dream world and become uh, become people in dream world, but you at the risk of losing your memories and uh, being lost in dream world forever. Oh, that sounds so fun. <laughs> Well, if you are in San Francisco, we're always looking for uh, testers, play testers. So uh, reach out to us on either Facebook or through the contact uh, information on mangakagame.com. And we're always looking for play testers. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're inside of that area, you should definitely reach out um, so that you can play test some of these more awesome games. Anyways, thank you all so much for, for coming on. Oh, yeah. thank you so much for having us on. Really appreciate it. This was fun. Yeah, this was great. Thank you so much. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level six sound wizard. Level up. Our podcast is ad free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every Sunday. On iTunes. Google Play. Stitcher. Buzzsprout. Or wherever you get your podcasts from. And hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.